Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm getting ready for Game 6 of the NBA Finals tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on ABC. This is an elimination game. The title is on the line tonight. The Larry O'Brien Trophy will be in the building in Milwaukee tonight. Bucks up 3-2. If the Bucks are victorious, they will be crowned NBA champions for the first time in in about 50 years. Would be an amazing accomplishment from this entire Bucks team. If the Suns win, they force Game 7 on their home floor on Thursday night where the Larry O'Brien Trophy will also be in the building again for Game 7. The stakes could not be higher tonight for both franchises, for both teams. For the guys on the court, this is this is these are the games that the players dream about. That these teams are put together for moments like this. Of this is why the Bucks went and got Drew Holiday, right? This is why the Suns went and got Chris Paul. These Hall of Fame players on both sides, Chris Paul and Giannis, getting a chance to write their own history. And we're going to talk about the preview for tonight's game. This one's hopefully will be a little shorter than yesterday's podcast. We touched on something. This will be a pure preview of tonight's game. The first thing first, ref assignments were announced. And this is only notable as Scott Foster is refing tonight's game six. Chris Paul in playoff games when Scott Foster has been the ref is Ofer. Chris Paul has never won a game. Sorry, Chris Paul's never won a playoff game in which Scott Foster was a was a part of the refereeing crew for. This is a massive, massive footnote and why we're leading the podcast with it. It would be one one thing if Chris Paul was 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 with Scott Foster. He is 0 for 13, I'm pretty sure, with Scott Foster as as one of the officials. That number seems too high to be true, but but it is. And that is a that is a key note of the Chris Paul curse. Can he overcome another thing in, in, in this postseason? And the other thing with the refs, especially, now the game is back in Milwaukee. We saw Aiton get in foul trouble in game three. How do the refs call DeAndre Aiton? Giannis is going to be attacking the rim. The Bucs are going to be attacking him with offensive rebounds. Aiton has done a really good job this entire season and this whole postseason of staying out of foul trouble, really, except for game three. How are the refs going to call it on the road for for the Suns? If Aiton is in foul trouble, it's going to be really tough for the Suns to have enough rebounding and defense, uh, rim protection on the court to challenge all these Bucks drivers. The other thing is Holiday picked up two quick fouls in game five. He didn't let he he overcame it, but that's another thing. Drew, Drew Holiday with the physical type of defense that he plays, especially picking up Chris Paul full court or Devin Booker full court. The it'll be seen if the refs are calling a couple ticky tacky hand check fouls or a couple body bumps because Drew Holiday is just that strong. That doesn't seem like a foul, but I guess by the technical letter of the rule, it it may be. That's another thing to watch for. So he got in foul trouble early on in Game Five, overcame it. But remember, when he was off the court in the first quarter of, 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 of Game 5, the Suns went on a massive run and dominated those minutes. 
if he can stay out of foul trouble just with the rest, and I think he will, but that's, an, that, that's something to watch for since they called him for a couple fouls in game five. Speaking of the Suns, they, they are down 3-2, and I think a lot of what they need to work on is offense. And it seems counter too because the Bucks are shooting a crazy high percentage, and maybe the Suns could do more defensively, but the Suns' defensive limitations are just due to their roster construction and unfortunately a couple injuries in they they are going to struggle protecting the rim as DeAndre Ayton's their only rim protector they may struggle boxing out and rebounding as they just don't have the same type of size as the Milwaukee Bucks those types of things but the but the Suns have forced the Bucks guards Middleton Holiday especially to take jump shots the same way that that the Bucks guards have forced those two guys to take jump shots in the last three games. The Bucks have made those those jumpers, but this could be a very much a make or miss night for Milwaukee offensively. Where if they make jump shots, they, they have a great chance to be NBA champion. But if they're just a little off, the Suns the Suns have a chance to to force a game seven. So for the Suns offensively, how do you st- how do you get back to your style of play with a lot of ball movement, driving, kicking? You know, the Bucks have done a great job taking away those open corner catch-and-shoot threes, but can they get wing open threes for Crowder and Cam Johnson? Can they move the ball a little more, get Aiton on a couple lobs? You know, the ball move that we saw them do in Game 1 and Game 2 where they looked so potent offensively, uh, if they can get back to that, because what the Bucks are doing is it's like the Jedi mind trick of, okay, you're going to call it Pat Connaughton into a switch, but well, we're just not going to help off anyone else, and we're going to force you to hit a jump shot or a floater over Connaughton and a challenging Lopez or a challenging Giannis. Those are tough shots. And if you're going to play the, the mid-range two game in ISO heavy, in, in, in essence, they're taking away and stopping the other four guys on the court because they cannot score if they don't have the basketball. And so Devin Booker may go for 40 again tonight. He may go for 50 tonight. But if he's a little off and just relying on a lot of really tough mid-range twos, that's a that, that you're playing into the Bucks' hands. And the other thing is, can they just limit the turnovers? They struggled with, with turnovers the first two games in Milwaukee this series. If they can limit the turnovers and just get shots at the rim, that would be much, much better because Milwaukee is so dangerous in transition that those turnovers so many times turn into – to fouls or dunks and and layups. Other thing for the Suns, three-point percentage. And this kind of comes from their ball movement, but they have the, the Suns are a really, really good three-point shooting team. This is a key stat to watch for as they are a team that can easily, easily with their shooters on with the shooters th- that they have on this roster make 18, 19, 23s in a game. But if if they're at one of those numbers, watch out. But if they're hovering around 10, 11, 12 made threes. It's going to be tough for them to to win on, on the road. And the other thing is, you know, who's going to step up for them? In every series, in every championship run, teams have step-up moments from guys on the roster where, where guys step up and, and win games, and they're usually from the complementary piece. So you think of, like, the camp, campaign game uh, against the, the Clippers, Bobby Portis's game against Atlanta for Milwaukee, the Bryn Forbes game Milwaukee had uh, – against Miami where Forbes made five or six threes in, in, in the first quarter. Who is it on the Suns who's going to step up and have a massive, way above his level shooting game? Will it be Cam Johnson? Will it be Jay Crowder making eight threes? So, so, someone I'm, 
I haven't mentioned the Suns f- to be a champion. These these types of games always happen, so be on the lookout for a guy who who steps up. Maybe it's Aiden gets in foul trouble, and, and Kaminsky scores twelve points in in a quarter because he's a really talented offensive player. Look for someone on 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 the Suns to step up and really rise to the occasion if, if they're going to have a, a a chance to to win this game. Now, this kind of fits with the Bucks' offense. And the Suns' defenses can the Suns prevent offensive rebounds, and the Bucks keep attacking the offensive glass. Now, offensive rebounds are a luck stat in in some way, as fundamentally the ball has to bounce to you. But if you are the more aggressive team, going to the glass, putting pressure on Phoenix to box out and to defensive rebound every time, and with the guys that Milwaukee has. Crashing the glass, whether it's P.J. Tucker, Giannis, Pat Connaughton, extremely athletic, strong guys. It is going to be key for the Bucks to keep off the rebound and key for the Suns to limit the offensive rebounds. And part of that is which shots get offensive rebounded the easiest. Usually close shots, usually closer in shots. Uh, and if the Bucks keep attacking the rim, as they've been doing the last three games, which they have been victorious from, they have a good chance to get a bunch more offensive rebounds. And for the Bucks, it's it's about shooting. They've relied on a lot of tough jump shots from Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday the last three games, especially late. Can they stay hot? Can they keep making the shots? Can Chris Middleton keep making every single clutch bucket in the fourth quarter? Or if he goes 8 for 23 for, for 21 points instead of 14 for 22 for 31 points, you know, those types of that type of difference may be just enough for Phoenix to steal this game on the road. Uh, but it's it's the shooting because you can't anticipate Drew Holiday to have another 25 plus point game the way he did game five with the defensive responsibilities he has for Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Who's going to step up for Milwaukee? Can Connaughton have another good shooting night at, at home? You know, I've talked about Jeff Teague before. You know, he he gets vilified a lot for the minutes that he plays. Well, fundamentally, someone has to play back a point guard, right? And there's a reason why he's the backup point guard. There's a reason why he's not starting the NBA Finals. There's a reason why he's coming off the bench for eight-minute stretches to give someone a quick rest. But if Jeff T can knock down a couple threes, it makes this outsized impact on the game versus the minutes that he plays and the role. It's almost found money, and it feels like such a bigger moment and a bigger dagger in that game for Phoenix. If Jeff Teague's coming in and, and, and ends up with eight points instead of two, it just makes, it just feels like such a bigger impact on the game. And the same thing for PJ Tucker. If PJ Tucker can get 11 points instead of two or three, it just feels like such a huge, huge impact and, and huge impact on the game that if holiday is down to 15 points instead of 27 points, that can make up that gap as well offensively. And then the other thing is, Giannis just making sure he is still super aggressive going to the basket, not settling for three-point jump shots and mid-range jumpers. I love when he drives middle and takes that little step-back middle. He's worked on that shot. He's a good percentage shooter from there. And I don't really mind his post-fadeaways as well when when the double is coming. But he's going to be aggressive. We know this. He, he has figured out the Suns cannot protect the rim against him in the same way that other teams could because they do not have the depth at the five position to really challenge him. So what are the Suns going to do? Are they going to double-team him when he gets the ball in that mid-post area or, or the low post? Are they going to go zone, which is something that, that, that I've been calling for and, and suggesting throughout this series of 
trying to Jedi mind trick the Bucks into taking jump shots instead of attacking the basket and uh, guys not crashing in, in the same way. And also just figuring out what will work to slow down Giannis. They haven't really figured anything else to slow down Giannis. That's you know, part of the reason why Giannis is a transcendent, incredible, one-of-a-kind player. It's really, really hard to stop him. But can they find a way to contain him? Do they try a hack of Giannis? Do they try, if they're in the bonus or something, just fouling Giannis? That, hey, if we have to play Frank Kaminsky because Aiton is in foul trouble, well, Kaminsky and Torrey Craig have six fouls each. Giannis is going to have to shoot free throws. And he's going to have to shoot free throws. And we're just going to keep fouling him. And he's just going to have to make them. And I think that could be a really interesting strategy of, hey, if they want Chris Paul and Devin Booker to go, 43 plus minutes tonight and I think eight and two and I think that is their strategy and something that I would do as well well what's one way to buy an extra minute or two of rest for those for those three guys you foul Giannis one he takes forever to shoot a free throw so once they're out of the game they're sitting down that's basically 30 seconds of rest from when Giannis gets fouled starts his routine gets the ball and shoots and make or miss him doing two two free throws is like a minute of real time. That's just more time. If, if you want to get Chris Paul uh, a minute or two of rest, you can literally get him a minute or two of real life rest. That's only 40 seconds of the actual game. And I think that could be something really interesting that if Monty Williams wants to go to it, that the hack of Giannis out of a pure rest strategy for the guys on his team, uh, I think could work. And I think it would be a really, really, a gutsy move on the road game six to go to but I'm pumped I think Milwaukee wins this game because they're at home but the Suns don't rule them out they are still a really really good team it's going to come down to the little things not turning the ball over limiting turnovers moving the ball Devin Booker Chris Paul make or miss league with those guys same for Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday but I'm pumped. It should be another great game in this finals. And just the whole series has just been awesome to watch. Great basketball from both sides. And I cannot wait to see what happens tonight in game six. That's again, nine o'clock Eastern time on ABC. That'll do it for this episode of the Double Double. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We can subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be much, much appreciated. You can also follow us on Twitter at DBL underscore DBL podcast. We'll be back. Uh, hopefully tomorrow. Take care and make it a great day.